0: So I'll I'll cut this if it doesn't yield anything um, funny, but I got to play you guys this clip from it was uh, the beginning of, I guess, the program, which is the show that Andrew Walker does, usually with Sat. Um, and normally I would feel bad about making fun of uh, the program because I like Sat so much. I love Sat. But Sat was actually gone and Bick was filling in for him. So I'm in the clear. I I haven't chatted on Sat at all. And um, actually, Sat's absence is the reason for what's about to happen. Yeah, what's about to happen. Exactly. Um, I'm just going to play it for you. It's it's truly something.
1: As I am missing know, someone I know, as predicted, as we talked about briefly yesterday. I didn't think it was true. I really didn't. But indeed, Satyar Shah is not on the air today. He has taken, he has taken the day off. Now, that's fine, right? It's all well and good. I, I I've never understood this uh, when you do the same show for a long time and you take a day off. People uh, text in or they tweet in and they're like, "What happened? Why is Walker off the air today? Did he get fired? Is he like what? What?" And it's like, man, y- your job as a as a fireman or a or a garbage man or a janitor or whatever, you get holidays. And we too, even though we're part of your daily routine, we get time off. We get holidays.
0: Okay. So just to, just to pause here, we're getting to the good part, but my favorite part about this is that like conspicuously absent from this thing of like, why do people freak out when you're missing? Is that the, the time that he was missing was immediately after he said a bunch of horrible shit about junior hockey players. (laughs) And that's why everyone (laughs) thought he was got fired. <laughs> not just because, like, oh, he was gone, but like because it came immediately after he said a bunch of horrendous shit about Dan Carcillo. So, um, yeah, anyways.
2: Oh, was he like denying his experience kind of thing?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we, we talked about it on the show.
2: <laughs>
1: Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like something we talk about on the show. Oh. All right, all right. So, this, was, this is where it starts to get good here. You can't freak out when someone's not there. That's generally what I say. However, however, you're right. I I I brought this up yesterday. I I thought it was a bit convenient to me and you. Okay, this is this is just
0: bullshit and I'm going to cut it out, of, but it's coming. Uh,
1: Tim and Sid on uh, on SportsNet and SportsNet 590 the Fan, um whether, you know, you consume these guys or not, they've been in Canadian sports media for a long, long time, I uh, have a loyal. Never heard of him, by AMA the way. Officially <laughs> broke up. Sid Sacksar was leaving Sportsnet to join in Toronto. So Tim McAuliffe is <laughs> venturing on by himself. I just
0: had to play that first part for context. The
1: final emotional show of of Tim and Sid, and 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 Shah, much like a guy getting scratched last second to protect him from injury, was a surprise scratch on a Friday. She's doing bands
0: here but I I will just say um yesterday. I would love so, for Sat right, to get the fucking Timbersid
1: gig. I'm not, I'm not saying. Oh yeah. yeah. He's good on
0: TV. He's as great. Nice
2: great. He's doing. great as a TV guy. Absolutely. It, it feels like the uh remember that show from way back when like the 90s, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego?
1: I feel like we're doing this for uh for Sat right now. It's Hilarious. Like, where in the world is Satya Shaw? Getting a better job. I,
2: I That's tried a call. very
1: tough. It was it was a missed call. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. He goes when Sats off. He goes very MIA. Like when Sats off, he is like Frank Gallagher and Shameless off. Like you you can't find him. You you can't find him for a few days. It's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, know <laughs> not really. Uh, hey, oh God, Andrew Walker sounds yeah. like the fake out. radio
3: guys uh, on The Simpsons. Uh,
1: Absolutely, <laughs> I, I won't lie. I hammered out in about forty-eight hours. Like I always forget so that it's now, him now when I hear this
2: voice. Oh yeah, okay,
1: yeah. So yeah, no, no sat, and uh, and I don't want to get everybody. Although I partly for like a uh, a mental exper- uh, experiment, I would like sat to take a big. Uh, broadcast job in Toronto, just to see the hypocrisy here with uh, with Vancouver sports radio listeners. Would you suddenly turn on Sat? Does Sat become a Toronto guy? Does Sat instantly become a big Leafs fan, and now we hate him? Well, who's your king now? Who's your <laughs> king now? That's what I would say. That'd be interesting. Like, yeah, man, that's a nice social uh, social test we got to run here. They love Sat. Everybody loves Sat. Even though, yeah. he wa- even though he wasn't born here, even though he worked in other media what? local. <laughs> we love Sat. Boy, I feel bad for Sat having to put up with Walker. Sat's back must be sore having to carry Walker. <laughs> uh, and I'm just the, I, I'm the Leafs fan who, by the way, I'm just going all personal here. I'm sorry. By the way, happy it's anniversary. About Sat, you're all mad. Happy anniversary to me, like a, a roundabout anniversary I, I have now lived in Vancouver longer than I ever lived in Toronto. Okay. For anyone like officially to today? Like, no, not today. I pay like, a lot of like attention. Recently. I had no I idea. I to the day. <laughs> Although I probably should, cause it might be today, but yeah, I've, I've officially lived and worked in Vancouver and talked about the Canucks longer than I ever did in Toronto for those that think I'm a Toronto guy. So,
0: and, uh, just, uh, I'll, hmm. cut it, I'll cut it there, but uh, um, Andrew also uh, made sure to clarify that uh, he's not mad. He's actually laughing, um, mm-hmm. but uh, holy shit. Uh, Listener <laughs> sent me that and uh, I had to play it on the show because you remember when uh, I mean, obviously you remember the iMac thing with me and iMac botch called that one of the great melts of history. Uh, when we we talked about it and uh that one's right up there in my opinion let's call the episode
2: best melts
0: (laughs) just openly um getting incredibly upset that everybody likes sat better than him, (laughs) and that also wasn't um, even born (laughs) and that's the funniest part because it's like yeah botch wasn't born here either like you're missing the point the point is not that (laughs) the point is not that like it's like, oh, I know I, I act like a humongous asshole and call everybody a moron all the time and like kiss block management's everybody. ass block everybody on Twitter, but like everybody just hates me because I'm from Toronto. Like, uh, I just I loved it. I had to play it for you guys. Uh, I but- would
2: I would be open to being a show that like please send us more 650 clips like this. I would love to start the show with uh with uh,
0: just laughing at the radio guys oh yeah absolutely uh any listeners out there if um please send us more yeah if you hear something funny on the radio um i'll i'll keep doing this until the show gets taken down again um <laughs>
4: kind of, that, that moment kind of seemed like that south park episode where kanye west is trying to figure out why everyone's thinking of him as a gay fish Yes. <laughs> Andrew Walker's trying to figure out why everyone thinks he's an asshole.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yo. Oh. Uh. Oh. Uh, come on. I've been so lonely, girl. I've been so sad. Preachers like me and now I got my wish Cause I know that I'm a gay fish Gay fish, gay fish Motherfucking gay Alright folks, fish, welcome yo. to another episode of Roxy Fever I'm your host, Jax McDonald With me as always B.A.S. And Elliot And joining us today, longtime friend of the show You may know him as the founder of Hockey Graphs Or as the head honcho at Hockey Data Inc Or you may know him through his work being of the ohl it's your friend garrett hall garrett how's it going
2: he him ohl
0: <laughs>
4: <Yes>. <laughs> a friend of mine told me that apparently even kyle Dubas used to call me gareth of the ohl <laughs> i've never talked to kyle in my life i don't know him like i just know of him i know people who also know him but apparently that joke just has gone way past just twitter
0: oh absolutely yeah um when uh when we met actually because we met up at uh young stars in like 2016 i want to say like still 2016 yeah or 2015
4: 2016 yeah. In that range.
0: and um i was i immediately like i knew you from your twitter avi twitter av- or whatever and uh someone like tried to introduce us and i was just immediately like oh it's gareth of the ohl <laughs> Got a big laugh. Um, It was great. I also love that joke because um, it's basically like the original Vyas misunderstands something joke except (laughs) with everyone instead of just Vyas.
4: Oh, I thought you guys were being serious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to add Taj 1944 just tweeted. uh, This is 8.15 p.m. on Tuesday night, March 2nd. He said, uh, nothing Walker says makes sense. It's truly an amazing talent. (laughs) <laughs> so clearly
0: he's going off on the post game right now man i tweeted once that andrew walker has never been right about anything <laughs> um and then immediately afterwards like Berchie got waived um and it was like he he had this take about how like would anyone even claim Berchie if he got waived which was what prompted it. But the thing was, is that I wasn't saying that he was wrong about that. I was saying that he was an idiot for thinking Sven Barchi should have been waived, which I still believe. And I still think Sven right. Right, should be in the NHL or whatever. And he like came back and like replied to me like three times. <laughs> like he was like, Oh, who's wrong about everything now? <laughs> like <laughs> He's just so thin skinned. It's so funny. But anyways, um, I don't want to talk about Andrew Walker anymore. I want to talk to our friend Garrett. Obviously we, uh, all of us, just like half watched the uh, Canucks Jets game, so uh, Garrett's the closest thing we we can have to like a Jets guest. So we'll get to a couple of questions about them in a minute, but just overall, Garrett, as the most uh, stats inclined person currently on the show, I got to ask you: like, is there a good team in the North Division? Because I feel like every time I watch any game in the North division. I just find myself scratching my head and like wondering if any of this matters or we could learn anything from it because every team just seems so flawed.
2: Yeah. Every team is either losing to Ottawa. No, they're just all losing to Ottawa. And then sometimes that's Ottawa. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Like uh, the short answer is, yep, you, you got it. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely something this this year is definitely going to be interesting because I mean stats like looking at like all the hockey stats and the models that are popular and everything that everything that kind of depends on, you know, everyone kind of sort of playing against everyone, but that's not what's happening this year. So like people are looking at Toronto. and It's like, wow, they're like near the top of the standings. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, they would probably be second or third place in most of the other divisions. And I don't know if there's another team in the north that would, you know, be a shoe in to making the playoffs in any other.
0: Yeah, a shoe in? Stuff. No, probably not. No. Like I think Montreal, I know they've struggled or whatever, but I think like quality wise, they're a fringe playoff team. Yeah, but like, yeah, no, I, I would agree. <laughs> they, yeah, all the teams like, weird shit. things. Yeah, well,
2: what's gonna happen when it comes down to the playoffs? I mean, it will be hilarious if whoever the Canadian teams are just get destroyed.
4: Or they just totally luck out and just, like, dominate. And people are like, see, see, the North Division was actually good.
0: <laughs> That's And honestly, I, I've watched hockey long enough now to know... Branson deserves the consmite. Exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> well, the problem with this is that... it. The problem with this scenario, Vias, is that it involves Ottawa making the playoffs, which is... I'm,
4: I'm making it past the first round. <laughs> I'm yeah.
0: thinking
2: far down the road, buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough. I mean, okay, so... Uh, the Jets and Canucks just split their series against one another, but I guess I'll just start by asking like of those two teams, which does, because they've split, they have like, I think they've split the season series so far or it's been close Um, of those two teams, like which deserves to be in the playoffs more.
4: Wow. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, they're both really bad at some things. (laughs) I mean, Winnipeg's hilarious because they're one of those teams, and they're a team that I know a little bit more than the rest. But they're just one of the most ridiculously outshot and out outchance team that still ends up getting wins, and it's been sustainable for multiple multiple seasons in a row that they consistently do better than their course or their expected goals for like three seasons in a row because they have a Vesna goaltender and they have a lot of finishing talent. But that said they're also a terrible team because they're getting completely outshot and completely out all the time. So despite having this elite finishing and elite goaltending that just makes them average. Then you have the Canucks. Uh, The Canucks are very top heavy and I mean, like no one needs to go too much over the issues with depth and some of those uh, contracts too much because I'm sure you guys have gone over that more than enough. Some of those
2: contracts too much. (sighs) I'm always saying that. <sighs> we put that on we, we we put that on top of the dressing room or door overhang when we go into the Roxbury Studios.
4: Well, I mean, thanks for taking Myers off our hands though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you're yeah. very
4: welcome. <laughs> it was uh, so funny when the, you guys uh or well, not you guys, but when uh Vancouver signed Tyler Myers, there was actual um Jets Twitter ha- uh, fans that were posting celebration gifts and stuff like that
2: <laughs> Okay, well yeah what was he like in winnipeg
4: very similar but hidden uh so like he was the third right hand shot to go on the ice because the number one and number two was buff and truba and when you have those three guys ahead of ahead of you you know it allows you to take some soft minutes because like when when Myers screws up if it's a fourth liner that's behind him that's a little bit different than when you know you got a top line guy coming mm-hmm. behind him so the jets were able to kind of mask him a little bit which made things a little bit better but in the end the results weren't that much better
0: you mentioned um, that the jets have consistently gotten outshot no chance and gotten bailed out by their goaltending and their strong shooting talent which uh, I know that feel I'll just say that much after watching uh, the Canucks all of last season but I know the roster is a little bit weaker these days than it was but do you think like coaching's played a factor in that or is it personnel based or like what what's the reason for that because you you look at some of those Winnipeg teams particularly a few years ago and the talent was there. You would think, but their underlying numbers were always uh, really um, uninspiring, I guess you might say. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of things that kind of go in there. Um, Let's go back a whole bunch of years, 2017-2018, the most successful year for the Jets. They started off the first quarter of the season being completely outshot and completely outscored. And I wrote my one and only article that I ever wrote for The Athletic being like, (laughs) kind of just basically saying like, hey, this is what Corsi says and this is what Corsi doesn't say, which is basically just talking about like, Corsi's just shot volume. Shot volume doesn't tell you how good or bad a team is, but it's an important part of the game. Like when you're you're thinking about offense, it's three things. Get as many chances as possible, which is Corsi. Get those chances to be as good as possible, expected goals, and score, shooting percentage. So like they're doing good in two out of three of those things but doing bad in one and it was very similar for the defensive end but eventually after literally maybe about five games after I wrote that article the Jets started trending upwards instead of like their wins and losses regressing towards their shot differentials the opposite started happening and I literally had the um, video coach of the Jets Like DMing me being like, see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Does that happen? To you much? Like, yeah, it's all. It's more. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, ask you to like air out all your dirty laundry or do anything that would like jeopardize your <laughs> relationships uh, with future clients or whatever. But you're like, already here, though. You, I mean, yeah. yeah, you are already on the show. <laughs> you <so> first mistake. <laughs> it's 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 worth noting that you probably can't get yourself in any more trouble by anything you say on the show.
4: So. Well, like like I said before the show, I've just slowly been inching and inching, seeing what more and more I can get away with. Yeah. Now Fair kind enough. of more more like a head uh figurehead
2: yes yes are there more stories of that sort where uh, i mean you've had there... somebody from a team reach out and who, who you had no idea was reading your stuff or
4: um there's, you know, there's, there's like like a couple that. times uh like i had one um meeting so like generally speaking going to like my role in uh hockey data was I was one of the founders of the company. So I put in a lot of the intellectual property. I helped build a lot of our tech tech side of things. I oversaw a lot of the projects and what we built. Um, and so because of that, at the very, very beginning of things, I would often be on calls for, cause I'm not a salesperson at all. As everyone can tell with this interview, I'm stuttering, I don't talk very well. It's <laughs> the way it is. Sound um,
0: fine. Yeah, you're not that bad, believe me. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and um, so I'd just be on the calls to just answer the nerd questions every once in a while. And there was a couple of times like, oh, we have Garrett on here. And like they would randomly like mention like something that I was like, wait a second. That means you know who I am. Or they're like, oh, yeah, I follow you on Twitter with my like hidden account or whatever. But yeah, um, there, there's there's some interesting ones. Like I, I can't name names. Of course. not. Um, but there was one uh, person who used to write for Hockey Analytics that eventually didn't anymore so that's that's a general enough thing that will make it difficult to know who it is but they literally would be like have ideas of things that should be written so they'd dm them to me for like oh. ideas before <laughs> i went pro- private
0: uh that rocks that's great
2: and this would be somebody that all three of us would know
0: if you told us the name of Probably. I would certainly know them. Two and a half, maybe. I can can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go look that guy up now. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. Yes. B U B A (laughs) That's a great that's a great joke because it also implies that you don't know who the Leafs GM is. You'd have to look up who he is. Kyle du- <laughs> Duba. I have never heard of this guy. <laughs> um, what's the... Uh, I, I, and it's okay if you don't have an answer it's to this question, him, by but the way. what's Anyways. the... Yes, in case that's not obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's like the dumbest thing you've heard a, a semi-serious hockey person say, like in private, about on ice? Like, Because I know I have obviously like our mutual friend, Reese Jessup, and then Um, other guys who have worked for the Panthers and stuff like you hear some really amazing stuff about like the way that people who are more um, stats savvy were able to kind of run the table in the league about mm, five or six years ago. And some of the just absolutely uh, like batshit insane takes that are out there that are earnestly being uh, presented by both like people in the media and people who work for teams. And I understand if like, you know, you, you have to do some major editing here, but I would, I would love to know like if there's an incident that sticks out in your mind of like, wow, I can't believe somebody seriously just said that.
4: Um, I remember I was thinking this when Steve Simmons told me in a bar that uh, McDavid will never be as good as Jack Eichel.
2: <laughs> okay, wow. that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I I ended up like tweeting about that, and so now I'm blocked. so <laughs>
0: Okay, that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, 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 fair enough. So I don't want You I can't see it
4: then. Print that one out. So,
0: if you're a guy like Steve Simmons and your whole life is just hot takes, I wonder if sometimes you you just or if like just eventually you
4: you become the meme.
0: You can't. Yeah, you can't mm. like separate a hot take that you have that's earnest from a hot take that you have just because i fucking gotta write something this week and this was was what i had on me you know
4: i gotta make up some story about hot dogs and a vendor
2: (laughs) yeah so nobody's called you things like the uh mlk of vancouver (laughs) (laughs) i came across a screenshot for that one recently and i just
0: (laughs) Laugh for 10 minutes. That's so funny. That was so good when that happened. Um uh, with this this won't uh this won't um make it in probably, but like I'm so happy that in literally three years we've gone from Blake Price and Megan Chaka getting so mad at me for making fun of Bell Let's Talk to like everyone hates Bell Let's Talk.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something that's not on
0: the record absolutely the record. absolutely oh, yeah. okay yeah so okay i'll cut all that but um okay. i might leave in the thing about that i said about megan tricka but
2: um the part where jackson's right will be kept in i, mean, I always keep i always <laughs> is, the, is the editing process
0: <laughs> that's correct baby and i was mm-hmm. and i was just on southpaws and baby wouldn't you know it right again right again
2: <laughs> um i so this is a question i want to ask I don't want it to be too long, but could you describe how you got into the hockey world? Like how you got to the position you're in now?
0: Oh yeah. I would love to hear that story. You
2: are a person like how, how have you gone from whoever you were before uh, to somebody who Kyle
0: Davis knows the name of managing editor of uh, jets nation. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was a step in that.
2: Let him, Um, let him, let him tell the story.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So my whole life story um, shrunken into a couple of sentences. No. Um, yeah, so as, as we mentioned, the reason why I was a Jets fan was because I grew up there and then I moved out west here and I just never took to the Canucks and I didn't really take to the Coyotes, especially because there's no real media coverage. And so when I was out west, I just kind of became a generic hockey fan, just followed some players like Joe Sackick and Steve Eisman, those kind of guys, just players that I liked. And eventually when the Jets came back, um, I was at UBC and I was taking – uh, bioinformatics which is nerd talk for being saying i know more about biology than most statisticians and i know more about stats than most biologists <laughs> i know less about stats than the statistician and i know less <laughs> about bi- biologists um
0: classic that's like me with uh hockey and leftism
2: <laughs>
0: which is why i started
2: this show. that's like me with hockey and leftism <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the law (laughs)
4: so um i was taking a very analytically inclined uh classes at school around the same time as the jets came back uh when they bought the atlanta thrashers so i just started googling things and i found um a blog that was then called behind the net which is now called arctic ice hockey which is sports bloggers network um but it started off as its own independent blog by a guy who's um real name is Gabriel Desjardins he went by Howard Chuck back then back when the uh hockey stats blogs were really small behind the net was the very first website where you could easily browse through advanced stats um there were sites before that um but this was the first one that was like actually had like tables and stuff like that that you could look down and so I just kind of started asking questions and eventually they gave me an opportunity to write and then um, from there, I had two people twice ask me to uh, defect over to Jets Nations. And I said, no, I'm too lazy to actually work. <laughs> and then Thomas Drance was like, please, 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 please. And so then I said, fine. So I went over, took over Jets Nations. And I got kind of bored writing about the Jets uh, because it was always the same kind of stories. Uh, Mark Stewart's not very good. Chris Orban's not very good repeat repeat oh man Um, i uh
0: let me just to to, sorry to interject but i I say like the the level of cut because i obviously we both met like managed and edited a site for nation network and like the amount of like how many times can you say louis erickson's contract sucks or like andre Mm. is a is not a very good goalie like it it uh, covering a bad team in that capacity for like a, um and I, I don't i say this like lovingly but for basically like a content mill it's hell oh
4: yeah and so jets nations back then was because the fact that when i went over there there was no one really there uh, oh, except God. for one gentleman who helped out elliot didn't you write a thing or two
3: no maybe some <laughs> other elliot did
4: i thought you. i know like nothing a... about the
3: winnipeg jets
4: I thought you, I thought Drance got you to write like a random, oh no, that was Josh Wiesbach. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he got, Drance got Josh Wiesbach to write something random. It was like some like, just, it was literally like the most generic um, prospect update, the kind of thing.
0: The only, uh, the only left-leaning man in hockey who's more problematic than us.
4: <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. the stories I could tell you about Josh.
0: I, can't wait
2: I till he DMs can... me was just an eye emoji. <laughs> As he likes to. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I always like it.
4: So this um beering off and tangenting off yeah. of why I got yes. to hockey analytics and whatever. The show. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
4: The the day that I or the, sorry, the trip that I met uh Jackson was also the trip where um I saw J- Josh Wiesbach basically make Thomas Drance cry. <laughs> Just like oh being, not 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 actually cry, but like coming close to it because Josh was such a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's honestly Josh is such a like inspiration because he, it's just like, oh yeah, you can just if you're like good enough at stuff, like you could just be however you want, it'll be fine. <laughs> anyways, yeah.
4: Um, so, anyways, Jess Nations got really bored writing Jet stuff all the time, so even though the fact that I was having to write a whole lot because of the fact that I was one of the very few people that was actually writing for Jets Nation. Um, Josh was doing his random prospect stuff. Thomas would write the odd article. but And then we had some people to do game, game day stuff. Other than that, everything was me. Um, and for some reason, I thought, hey, you know what? Screw school. I'm going to write even more. Um, so I randomly tweeted out asking, hey, would anyone be interested in reading a blog if I just started writing on hockey stats in general um non-specific stuff just kind of talking about like theory talking about like because that's what I like to do a lot like just being like okay why why is it that you know this stats used and this stats not why is it that we like this why do we care about that that kind of stuff you know kind of like just kind of not just looking at numbers and saying this player is good this player is bad just kind of like looking at the philosophy and theory behind this kind of stuff and um, yeah, a lot of people said they were interested, and two people also said, Can we join? And that's how Hockey Grass got started. And uh, I was looking back at it, and when it was just the three of us with a little bit of help of everyone else, I think we wrote like 250 articles in that year. Holy. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's wild. I just want to, I also just want to say too, um, I listen, I am now like, mostly for adhd uh, reasons i have to listen to old episodes that i've already heard of a podcast in my headphones to like get to sleep Um, yeah it's like it's like a comfort and like mellow down thing and the very 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 first podcast that i ever did that with was a hockey graphs podcast
2: good old
4: reese and garrett that's right yeah So, yeah, I started off hockey graphs. It started flying. um, And a player agency based out of Vancouver asked me if I wanted to help out. um, So they hired me. Uh, What I did for this player agency is mostly, like, developmental statistics. So, like, they're a fairly young and new player agency. So they're kind of smart in being, like, because a lot of player agencies basically, hey, I have Jonathan Taves. And you want to be the new Jonathan Taves. Well, you should sign with me because I have – 80% of the NHL and they get like the cream of the crop. They get the 1% no matter what. And that's where all the money is at. So what this uh, company was like is they said, okay, we can't really get to the top 5%. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to get the 6 through 10% and we're going to try to develop them into being somewhere in that 5% if at all possible. So they have hire like nutritionists, they hire like sports psychologists, trainers. Uh, off-season coaches and whatever and then the other thing that they brought in was me for hockey analytics so what I do is I'd break down like five to ten games to some player and be and give them two packages and the two packages were to um, one package would be like they would be all the same stats but one of them would be focusing on what they do well and one would be focusing on what they can improve and how to improve um, so you would have some player and it'd be like okay you take a lot of shots um, so like which is good so in the package would say, hey, you take a lot of shots. And so the reason for the good package is if you're not an NHL team, you're not exactly spending that much money on scouting. So if you're some kid that's trying to go from the NCAA to the ECHL or the AHL, they might have seen you like two times at some tournament and that's about it. And they're interested in you. So like you hand them the stat package and it's legit. It's done by third parties. Um, so like we're known. So they know that it's not being lied upon, but it says what they do well. And which is, you know, a little bit of positive bias reinforcement, but it's also helps them like be like, Oh yeah, I remembered he did a lot of this really well. And so uh, that's what they use that for. And then the other one, the more improvement one, will say like, sure you do shoot all the time, but you're not scoring very much. Um, Here's where you're taking your shots from. This is where you should be taking your shots from these, that kind of stuff. So like helps develop them. So I did that for a while. Um, And a player, really liked one of our reports and he gave both the good report and the bad report to his coach. Um, his coach said, that's really good. I would love that to be done for the whole team. And then we said, sorry, we can't do that. Cause you know, conflict of interest because we're a player agency and coach was like, well then just start your own company. And so I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Uh, so I poached a couple people from the player agency. I say that like in a negative way, but it's actually, Quite positive. Like we have a very good relationship. That player agency is one of our major clients. Um, so they're ccam Sports. They're a Vancouver-based player agency. Uh, yeah, and uh, so we started off hockey data.
0: That's awesome. Thanks for telling the story. Yeah, that's great. That's that's really interesting. I never I never knew any of that. I just kind of you know, it's funny. I saw a tweet like recently where someone was like, Twitter is such a weird like microcosm of things to know about people because it's like there's so many people on that you follow on Twitter where it's like, you know, their innemo- innermost thoughts, but like, you don't know what their legs look like
1: um, <laughs> or whatever. And like,
0: that's so true because it's like, I know all kinds of random, like, like I know that you were a bassist in a touring metal band, but I didn't know the story of how you like started hockey data. And I will add to that. Um, Garrett is staking out the like very, very uh rare territory of being both guest on roxy fever and small business owner <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe the only uh, time that's ever gonna happen right <Ride> the power <bar. laughs> the other thing, but, but, yeah, the 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 thing i know
3: and- gareth most from is just like oh he used to serve sam and myra drinks <laughs>
0: yeah fair fair i was um i was gonna say to uh that um uh, garrett is also proof that if you want to be on the show just say you want to be on the show <laughs> and i'll, I'll dm terrible. you within like two weeks um uh, yeah, that's true. no promises on the uh thing though because i've been hectoring them to let me be on the show for uh like months and they still they've just fucking radio silence from those gals so um <laughs>
4: Well, they all liked the tweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, as somebody who has worked uh, closely with a lot of different um, hockey teams at various different levels, I would be curious, on obviously, like to the extent that you're able to talk about it without jeopardizing anything for yourself, but I would be really curious, like, they all suck. That's what fun. do you, <laughs> what <laughs> do you think the, um, what do you think like are some challenges? that people who are in stats, like trying to get the NHL to embrace what you might call like a more progressive outlook on, on the game in terms of like viewing it through an analytical lens. Like what are some of the challenges that you have as somebody who, who works in that sort of field? Like, because what, when we had Mike on the show uh, during the playoffs and we like talked a lot about how, And it's easy to understand, like, oh, these stats are good. And like, look at how good they are and like, look at how predictive they are and and all of that. And that's all like well and good. But just because you like have good ideas doesn't mean anyone's going to adopt them. So I would be curious, like, what do you have to do to plead your case and make your voice heard as somebody who works in stats?
4: Well, that is super multifaceted question, multi-layered. So um, going over like what's wrong with the whole, whole entire NHL market. <laughs> well, not just NHL market, but entire hockey market in terms of an industry. Um, well, starting from the top. Um, so start off with ownership. Um, so a lot of these hockey teams, not just specific to the NHL, this is top to bottom is either like a crazy passion project Or it's a giant yacht for them to show off to their friends. It's not always true, but, you know, for a lot of times, that is kind of what it
0: is. Yeah, and both, I will uh, just add to that, too, that both of those things are preferable to the third, slightly more rare option, which is just an asset to be bled dry like any other, sort of in the, uh, like, Melnick mold or whatever. And so, yeah, like, a yacht to show off to your friends. You think that sounds bad? Well, at least that's fucking better than just being alex mariello or whatever um
4: yeah and unless not, that's a future client of yours in which you, case but
0: <laughs> you know alex mariello great big fans um you know anyways
4: my yeah is not agreeing to the to those specific people it's just agreeing to the the concepts that yes bleeding dry is worse yeah um <laughs> oh god i'm gonna get so much up. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah going back don't to blame things. all of us yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> no, so that's that's like one issue. So like you're trying to, you have to encourage that like those people, because those are the people are signing the checks, um, especially if they're, if any check is over a certain amount, um, like generally speaking, like when I'm dealing you with You sign a-
0: Slovaks too.
2: Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh.
0: This episode is gonna lead uh, for like how often we've interrupted a guest. <laughs> no question. <laughs> it's all good.
4: Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So signing Slovaks. I'm gonna take a moment.
0: Yeah, it's all right. See, it's fucking <laughs> hard. <laughs> uh,
4: now I know how Reese felt like when I was uh, podcasting. <laughs> So, yeah, starting off with ownership, like, they sign the checks if anything's over a certain amount. So, like, for example, um, my company doesn't actually deal a lot with consulting. Um, it does a lot more with, like, either giving these packages for players or teams, or it's just a straight-up data dump. Like, maybe, like, an NHL team is just buying data over, like, a minor league team that they want to scout, or they have players in that they're trying to develop, just trying to get a better picture of them. Um So a lot of times you're just like setting off checks. No, nothing this time. Uh, (laughs) So like you you might be talking to someone who's like a player development person or VP or something like that. And, you know, they're like, okay, if it's under this amount, I'm allowed to authorize it because it'll come out of my budget. If it's anything more than that. So there's that Um, budget restrictions is obviously like a huge issue with hockey and uh, this kind of ties in with something that hockey's hockey is not run like a business Um, never has been and um, who knows if it ever will be I mean things are kind of transitioning in that direction but what I mean is like for example um, not to give out too much information but there's one NHL team um, where part of my job was to show an ROI um, so a return on investment based off of um, what we expect and how that would improve their them and their drafting and their development and such like that. And the guy was like, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. Like I kind of did some off the cuff kind of calculations before this meeting and it's kind of, I got this kind of same thing but we can't afford it. And I'm like, I just proved mathematically and you agreed to it that it pays for itself but you can't mm. afford it. Right. So so there's there's that um now going into the more general so that's more like specific to like investing um now going to the more general um i mean there's there's a lot of layers to it because um one of the things like as you touched in with micah is it's one thing to say okay these numbers are important i should invest in them it's another thing to be like okay these numbers that i hired to get six months ago are now telling me something different than what i believe i'm gonna go against my belief that's that's you know you're battling human nature there and that's Mm. that's a difficult thing to get with that like someone can admit their own biases when they arise and that they can go against them with that so that that is the most difficult part when it comes to convincing people with analytics
0: yeah i i totally hear that um one of the things that I've been kind of like like a, a drum I've been beating a lot recently is how like the real um, the real kind of conflict between camps in or like the real oh, yeah. ideological yes, conflict in hockey isn't uh, isn't stats versus eye test it's idealism and materialism and what I mean when I say that is that like, if you're going up against, if you're like a small little stats company, let's say, right? And you're going up against the entire NHL and the way that they do business and like the way that they function kind of as a uh, jobs program for former players. And there's a lot individually for, for each of these guys like riding on that. And you think that the pure, you know, correctness of your ideas is going to be enough to overtake that power, then you're actually just as naive as all the eye test guys. Um, you're just naive about a different thing. And I think that like definitely as somebody who will say was like stats curious, um, but is not like a stats guy um, per se, that was a real like flaw in my outlook when i started writing about hockey was just being like well yeah all we got to do is just prove that uh that the stuff works and you know the rest of it sort of uh solves itself but that's really not the case
4: yeah i mean we proved we proved advanced stats in 2000 and i'm just looking at the date 2008
2: you proved advanced stats in 2008
4: yeah we, we proved we proved the validity and the power of um advanced stats being able to uh, one detect people's mistake history. So, like, put put that out. So everyone always talks about PDO being a luck stat, and it's not actually a luck stat. How PDO started off was the guy who literally's username in the comments section was PDO. That's why the stats called PDO. Was like, yeah, no, I never Was that. like, yeah, he's he's on uh, Twitter. He's a Edmonton Oilers fan.
3: Almost all those guys are Oilers fans, though.
4: Yeah, a lot of them started off. Uh, Tim Barnes, who is going under the al- alias Vic Ferrari, uh, Tyler Delo, um, like a lot of those guys were Oilers fans because they're trying to basically prove that Hemsky was good. Uh,
0: <laughs> in uh, I will say <laughs> that's amazing. I will say, too, in fairness, um, being an Oilers fan who can count is like a real market inefficiency. Yeah. <laughs> <so. laughs> It's like, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious why those guys got into that yeah. racket. Um, but anyways,
3: no, but this brings up a good point that like, I feel like has gone unmentioned, which is that almost all of hockey stats is based on posting.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very good point.
3: Like, the trajectory of billion dollars sports franchises have been, has been changed <laughs> because of
2: posting, which is something that we don't talk about enough. And that's why we decided to start this show.
4: This goes back to, um, like the PDOs. Thing is like this was literally it wasn't an article even it was just a literal comment section because like back then the comment section of these articles because this was before twitter was a big thing too was literally all just like you can go back unfortunately vic ferrari aka tim barnes who works now at for washington capitals his sites closed down and private um but like you'd go to this site and literally the comment section was like tyler Dello. Gabe Desjardins, Tyler Delo, another name, another name. uh, And then all of a sudden randomly like Myrtle. Um, (laughs) And, and back then Myrtle was like the contrarian. Um, And it was, it was interesting because like literally PDO was just discovered because they're like, Hey, most of the times where GMs ended up shooting their own foot by selling low or buying high on a guy, they always either had really high shooting or low shooting percentage, or they had really high or low save percentage. Hey, we can combine combine the two and we can kind of pick out the players that everyone ended up
3: overhyping or underhyping.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like putting a big contract to, and then it ends up never working out or, you know, uh, Eater gets uh, traded away because he has like a, three percent on ice shooting percentage and then all of a sudden he becomes a really good player no one foresaw that coming Mm. um so like we were able to quite quickly detect like hey if you looked at those things you know michael always used to say if you pay me a million bucks um just to every once in a while say no don't do that
3: and
0: (laughs) my one of my favorite tweets (laughs) of all time i I will say no to you twice
3: for a million dollars a year (laughs) and it will be worth it and it'll be worth it
4: (laughs) yeah and it's, it's unfortunate, but like, as, as you mentioned, this, a lot of hockey is very fraternistic in terms of almost everyone who has a job was fired from the same job and elsewhere. And also on top of it, almost everyone involved is either an ex-hockey player who played pro or related to an ex-hockey player who played pro. And that's kind of the way it is because like one of the big things, ignoring ethics when it comes to having a diverse company and having diverse people working for you is that you're not going to think singularly, right? Cause you have people who grew up in different fields and different, they have different biases and different aspects. And so you can counter your own biases with that. When you have hockey, almost everyone has the same biases because they all came up the same way.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Real quick, I saw that you were the general manager of the Greater Vancouver. Uh, former, sorry, former. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So you're a GM? What's
4: uh, I was for two seasons. Yes.
2: Okay. What's it like being the GM of uh of a? Well, so I don't know what league it was. I had it open. Uh, but <clears throat> U sixteen AAA, and and other years.
4: So back then it was called major and minor midget, but they realized that, you know, calling teams that is not a good idea. So they changed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It took them a while. Uh, like literally every single name, Wee, Adam, midget. Yeah. Uh, we got rid of
3: those in like 2016 or something and everyone still says them. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. It's I strange. had no idea they were taken out.
4: But yeah. So going back to um, things that won't get cut.
3: Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) um, so GVC is um like so you have like minor hockey programs and so this is one level up from minor hockey programs it's like the elite elite of minor hockey programs so for example vancouver uh proper would have vancouver thunderbirds which is like west van not west west van sorry the west side of never mind uh yeah yeah uh west side of main street there we go uh, and then you got uh, Vancouver Minor Hockey, which is like the east side of Main Street. You have um, a South Delta Minor Hockey Association. And you had two minor hockey associations that have now emerged and become one with Seafair and Richmond. And so, what we would do is GVC is we would be able to take the best from all of those areas, no, no other areas. So, those were our players. We take the best. From each one of those and we'd make a team and um so it's very high level hockey so like um evander kane graduated from that uh gallagher tristan jari nick patan so like it's had a lot of like that's just from GVC. that's not from the league um as, oh, wow. so it's a very it's very very high level um it's it's you could think of it as the farm team for junior hockey Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, that's, not, that's not as much the case now as it used to be because there is also the school leagues and they kind of compete against each other.
2: Is that, okay. is that like North shore winter club type thing?
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. So the, so those leagues uh, with the school leagues, um, um, I did some analysis uh, for recruiting back when I worked there. Cause I was just kind of curious um, generally speaking uh, the elite players will go to both. So you'll have some of the top, top players in both levels, or sorry, both leagues. Um, but generally speaking, the depth is much greater at, well, no longer major, minor midget. Uh, the U8, the yes. U18, uh, AAA hockey, uh, that know exactly why that would be other than um, I think that generally speaking. Um,
0: is it just more expensive? Yeah, like, is it just like an expense thing?
4: Uh, Yeah. So it's extremely expensive. And so, but um, if you're, the reason why there's elite players on both sides is because if you're an elite player, they just give you a scholarship. So you don't have to pay. So like, Mm. so for example, we'd lose about four or five players to like Delta hockey Academy or North shore or something like that. And, um, and generally speaking, those players would be, you know, they'd be someone, we'd lose one or two players who potentially would be in our top six, but like, no one who was in our bottom six would be going over to pl- play there because the fact that um, it was too expensive because they wouldn't be getting any discounts or anything like that. Right, right, <clears throat> right. Yeah. I mean, like minor hockey is ridiculously expensive, um, even just for our level. Fortunately, like, because, like, for example, the WHL, because of the fact that we're like a pseudo-farm league, um, the WHL, for example, paid for our hotels and our, um, our travel, uh, because it's because there's 13 teams across the league so it was a travel league so we'd be going to prince george one week and then the next weekend we'd be going to nanaimo and stuff like that um but to go back to the answer to the original question was very interesting um because you can think of it as like the highest level of hockey um where being a gm doesn't really matter <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay fair enough yeah, yeah. i hear that it was because your level, I imagine the level of control you have over what's going on is
4: No, I, it was quite low. So, like, a lot of, for me, it was more of a passion project to, like, kind of give back because hockey's given a lot to me. Mm. Like, I got involved, obviously, because, you know, I had my stats background, background, so I was able to give back by doing stats. But the actual GM job itself, once the team is picked, you're not doing any trades. You're not, like, picking up kids off the waivers or anything yeah. like that. You just, once once you pick your team, your coach is just, you know, you might be able to give advice to your coach about like making some changes and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're just mostly dealing with parents and like, you know, like why is my kid not getting enough ice time? And
2: the shots suck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> telling <laughs> to suck.
4: Their course is actually terrible.
3: <laughs> I do wonder how that conversation went, like the first minor coach to like tell a parent that his other their kid's course he <laughs> sucked. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's dealt with, like, youth sports and parents in youth sport,
0: that would not go well. This has been fun. This has been really good because it's been normally, like, <laughs> at, the, at the risk of uh, negging myself too much, like, normally it's just really hard to get, like, people who will riff with us get the idea of the show who aren't just, like, pure shit posters and who actually have like experience yeah. working with <laughs> NHL teams yeah. blah, blah blah I think this one's going to be um, I think this one's going to be an all-timer. <laughs> but no but anyways, um, oh right. That's what
2: I thought. Oh, yeah. I thought oh, you were right. going to ask me. Okay, yes. okay. All right. Yeah, why don't you right. yeah. Why plus minus bad, Gareth? I have been told all my life it's goals, assists, empty net goals and plus minus. I'm also Louie Erickson's agent, by the way.
4: <laughs> so um there's this person called Gareth of the OHL who wrote an article behind the numbers why plus minus is the worst st- statistic in hockey oh my God. should be abolished.
2: Well, wow, we should get him on the show. You should. I'm gonna DM him uh, right now.
4: <laughs> will you actually listen though? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of there's a couple of reasons uh why plus minus is not really looked too kindly. Uh you can take it from two different perspectives. So like first let's take it from a a just purist analytics perspective. Generally speaking, there's a saying that all models are wrong, but some are useful, Mm -hmm. uh, which gets too much into like philosophy of statistics and modeling. Um, But generally speaking uh, you either want a model to do one of two things. You want a model to be predictive of future success. So it says, Hey, this guy is going to be good because he's been doing the right things like yeah sure you might not have outscored in the future or currently um that's where like course and expected goals and all that kind of stuff kind of comes from it's like yes you may or may not be having success right now but if you keep on doing the same thing you will um so like that is informative or there's also informative saying like this person is having success right now they are doing well and um so that's that's more of a descriptive statistic Mm. and the problem with plus minus is it kind of fails at both. Um, Now most people would actually be a little shocked by that because they're like, okay, I knew it wasn't very predictive, but I thought it would be kind of more descriptive of success. And one of the reasons why that's an issue is because a long time ago, the person who decided to start tracking plus minus decided I'm going to include some goals and I'm not going to include others. And the ruling of which goals he wanted to count and which goals he didn't kind of makes things not work out so well. Uh, So for example, uh, empty net goals are still considered even strength for a plus minus. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that still counts. Um, And just to
0: interject, that's just a flaw in general. Like it is a flaw that's that that's a flaw and it's across the board uh even strength if you if you sort things by even strength like on the NHL website or even on natural stat, stats stat trick or whatever the letter of the law according to the NHL is 6 on 5 is even strength because it's 6, six on 6 six skaters because it's because the game is played 6 on 6 with five players and a goalie um which I think a lot of people don't realize that. I no and I just, I just wanted to underline that most people don't. So don't feel bad. It's ridiculous. Like obviously six on five should be its own thing. Cause it's a different situation, but that's not how they decided to track it.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, for me, I had trouble the other day trying to remember which special teams goals counted in plus minus.
1: Like yeah, me, me talking that's... with
2: somebody who else else who had watched hockey for 20 plus years. We're both like, Oh shit! We don't know. We forgot.
4: And that's that's the other thing that kind of skews it. And what what skews it even more is the fact that um, so like so the ones that count are shorthanded goals. Yeah, um, yeah. So like if you're on the PK and you score, it counts. But if you're on the power play and it scores, it doesn't count. And what's also interesting is the type of people who are in those situations are the same kind of people. Um, so the people that are te- typically on a power play are usually the ones that are also on the ice when you've pulled the goalie uh the ones that are typically defending on the pk are the same kind of people that typically are um defending when the other team has pulled the goalie so the skew pushes it in the same direction um like one of my favorite examples just because like i started off with the winnipeg jets is like in 2014-2015 the jets uh ended up having a lot of injuries. And so they had 13 different defenders that all played significant amount of ice time. So 13 defenders, one defender, Mark Stewart was in last place for like true, even strength plus minus which we'll power play five on five. Yeah. So five on five, four yep. and four, three on three. So he had the worst plus minus in that situation. Yeah. <clears throat> the worst plus minus in the power play and he had the worst plus minus on the penalty kill. Uh, so that's not looking at plus minus rules. It's just looking at goal differential. So, out of 13, he was worse in all three of those situations. But he was actually the sixth best in the NHL.com plus minus.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
4: because because of the...
2: (laughs) That's why you got to hire Gareth. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, yeah.
4: (laughs) So, like, he was on the ice all the time for the penalty kill, and he sucked at it. They were doing really, really bad. But none of those goals against counted when he's on the PK. But because he was on the ice a lot for the PK... He also got some shorthand goals for when either Vander Kane or Blake Wheeler, back when Blake Wheeler was really, really good, uh, would, you know, break out and score a goal. And because those ones counted and he never played on the power play. So so he had no goals against when he was on the power play. So despite the fact that in every single situation, he was 13th out of 13 in goals for and goals against, because the rules allowing some goals and not others, he became six out of 13 for plus minus.
0: Yeah. Plus minus is I think the one stat, like the one hockey stat that you can say is like, not only bad, but legitimately like misleading and wrong in a way that like other stats just aren't like, there are a lot of stats you can look at that, if you put too much importance in them are going to lead you down the wrong path. But like plus minus is probably the only stat I can think of maybe in any sport where I'm just legitimately like, don't look at that. It's not telling you anything. If, if it's only going to leave you, lead you down the wrong path. So Elliot, um, what's the segue here? Do you want to do it?
3: Right. So long-time listeners of the show undoubtedly have heard us kick around the idea of the all DUI team. NHL players well, That's
0: my cue to leave
2: <laughs> And Garrett too <laughs> Door close Sound uh, So now we have two Garrett new people gone. on the Garrett show
0: Yes <laughs> Elliot's turn to talk finally Yes
2: <laughs> hey, hey Garrett so those guys are in the other room Doing the show right now uh, uh, <laughs> Keep talking <laughs> <laughs> Doing <dude>, a bit <laughs>
3: Long-time Canucks favorite uh, Todd Bertuzzi was recently arrested for DUI. So Roxy Fever is proud to announce the signing of a new free agent to the All DUI team.
2: That's
0: right. Yes. So
2: yeah. So they have this bit about like the DUI thing. I think I'm gonna get in trouble if I'm on the show for that one. So like I don't want to be in the room. Um, yeah. Wait. Why, why did they? what did this Uh
0: Yeah. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I um, for those of you that um, aren't aren't aware, which I. Can't imagine uh, who that would apply to. But um, the other day, we had a sad piece of news. Um, I have the article in front of me, which I will refer to just for um, for to, to do a little mise-en-scene here. Um, former Canuck star Todd Bertuzzi was arrested on suspicion of drunk driving, um, which is obviously very sad because, you know, this is a guy who all around the league people look up to really well loved um, by everyone across all NHL markets Uh, someone who's really just never done anything bad before and so obviously I was really upset by this too um. (laughs) it
2: was the five cars behind him that caused the accident (laughs)
0: uh <laughs> that's so good like <laughs> andre
2: Nikolishin was driving a porsche Cayenne and behind him yeah <laughs> and wouldn't and you know it
0: yeah it turns out it looks like they had the wrong uh it looks like they had the wrong cannot to pin that rumor on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways i'll just it's a very very quick blurb um courtesy of a uh, friend of the show rob williams so i'm just going to read it for um For context here, Todd Bertuzzi was arrested in Michigan this weekend, according to a report from TMZ, which has also obtained his mugshot. It's a good mugshot, by the way. Um, Yeah, he's
2: been looking better and
0: better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The 46 year old former Vancouver Canucks star was reportedly pulled over just after midnight Saturday morning in Auburn Hills after his car was seen swerving all over the road and police saw him run a red light. He showed obvious signs of impairment, TMZ says, according to law enforcement sources, and he refused a breathalyzer test. Bertuzzi was booked into Oakland County Jail at 3.35 a.m. on Saturday and was released at 12.52 p.m. the same day. Bertuzzi played in 1,159 career NHL games with the Canucks, New York Islanders, Florida Panthers, Detroit Red Wings, Anaheim Ducks, and Calgary Flames before retiring from pro hockey in 2015. So we've teased for a long time uh, that we were going to do an episode about the all DUI team, which... um, is a funny bit, but frankly, not the kind of thing you can actually fill an entire episode with. But um, I will say that I do actually have in my hand a notes app roster <laughs> for the all DUI team. <laughs> I like the idea
2: that Jim Benning on his iPhone just keeps, <laughs> he keeps track of the roster <laughs> on a notes app. He keeps editing it
0: <laughs> on the go. So, um, I uh, I have the full roster here. I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna read from it because I don't think people realize. Like, people go, "Oh, ha ha ha!" The all DUI team. I dug into this and I found the best players who have been booked for DUI, and I just want like you guys don't have to talk about any of this whatsoever, other than just I want some observations on the overall quality of this roster. <laughs> so. First line, left wing, Bobby Hall. First line center, Sergei Fedorov.
2: Holy shit. First
0: line, right wing, Brett Hall. <laughs> My oh, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, thought the Sedins were the best <laughs> family duo to play on one line. Well, let me tell you. So.
2: Sergei and Brett have the chemistry, too.
0: I did have to do some... Um, I tried to consider handedness here as much as I could. <laughs> Um, but I do have a couple of centers playing wing because um, it just worked out that way. They were better uh, quality players.
4: That's the Team Canada problem.
0: That's exactly yeah. right. Or,
4: sorry, yeah. DUI team.
2: <laughs> thing. Tom, Thomas Trance. The problem with Team DUI. <laughs> How I would do Team DUI. Uh,
0: all right. Which is so, a good article, by the second way. Second line left wing, Neil Broughton. Second line uh, center, Ryan O'Reilly. Second line, right wing, Rick Vive. So I realized that I, Vias is looking at me very puzzled. Uh, Neil Broughton and Rick Vive both played hockey in the 80s and were very good. Uh, Rick
2: Bay Vav- vibe played for the Canucks. Is that right?
0: At or one is- point? Yes. But he, he was, um, he was sort of like, um, not in terms of play style, but in terms of the Canucks trading him and then him becoming an all-star. He's sort of like, Oh cam- yeah. Cam Neely before cam Neely. Um, gotcha. and Neil Broughton was actually one of the lone players on the 1980 miracle on ice team to play in the NHL and become, and certainly the most like decorated in the NHL, the most elite prospects of all time. That's right. And, um, Uh, just to add on to that as well uh, not on this roster but on the miracle on 80 uh, or the miracle on ice team from 1980 um, goaltender Jim Craig uh, did not make the list but does have a DUI (laughs) (laughs) all right line three and you can you, you know if you have qualms with where I have these players listed that's fine but are you,
4: are you going for like a top six, bottom six? Or are we going for like four skill lines? or
0: No, we're going, for, we're going for the best possible. Who are they
2: playing? What type, what type of tournament is this? I, I consider this,
0: <laughs> based on the roster I have, I'm going to say international. Okay, so double IHF <laughs> rules? IIHF, IIHF rules.
2: The bigger ice.
0: <laughs> and of course, all these players are in their prime, I will add. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so third line. Third line, left wing, Simone Gagné. Third line center well, Alexi Zhamnov, third line uh, right wing Todd Bertuzzi.
4: <laughs> Zhamnov with Bertuzzi, that's going to be interesting.
2: <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard that name in years. He,
4: he played good with uh, um, Tkachuk and Slani, so I guess uh, Bertuzzi's Tkachuk and
2: uh, yeah, that was <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming Tkachuk would be on this team also but <laughs> nope I mean well to... no but Jackson went by a lot of good by a lot of like strict rules here. yes yes did you did you
0: outline that part you didn't no I didn't so um before we get to the before we get to the fourth line here um yeah. I uh I followed this very strictly so I mentioned that um these are all players who were booked for a DUI I didn't go for convicted because it's not enough um mm-hmm. But I all of these players that I've listed, and there's probably more, too, but these were all the ones that I could find. Um, there's a news article at some point about them either getting pulled over or arrested or et cetera, et cetera, for DUI or suspicion of a DUI. Um, I did not include anyone who was um, I didn't include, like, for example, Tim Horton, who died. Um, yeah, not because it's yeah. in bad taste. I don't give a shit about that, but just because he's not that good.
2: But he also never got
0: charged. And he also never got charged. Yeah. And um, this also, also this be the awkward
2: in the locker room with Ryan
0: O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. It also eliminates um, Dustin Bufflin because he was uh, booked for boating while intoxicated, which is not the same thing. All right. Ooh. Fourth line. Left wing. Peter Klima. Fourth line center. Mario Tremblay, fourth line right wing, Paul Holmgren. Our extra forwards are Craig McTavish and Riley Shahan.
2: This is a really tough team. (laughs) You know, there's a couple NHL games like recently where there was like they had these teams they set up like you, you can search between like, you know, AHL, NHL, international. They had one level of like NHL legends and one team was the grinders and it was like the best grinders of all time. They should have this team. Absolutely. that list. Especially
0: yeah. because we haven't even gotten to the defense yet. Mm. Listen to our top four here. First pairing, Chris Pronger, Chris Chelios.
2: Oh, my, my
0: God. God. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right. Who wants to play against
0: that pairing? <laughs> Second pairing. Topper
2: Tuesday and Chris Chelios in the same team is what I'm interested in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Second pairing, Ray Bork, J. Bowmeister. <laughs>
2: Holy shit, dude.
0: At third pairing, Daryl Sador, Rob Ramage. This is a rough and tumble team. It'll be good.
2: <laughs> you might, I was a little yeah. worried about the drop off from the top line to the second line, but I think the defense makes up for all this.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean you still got Ryan O'Reilly as your second line center.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: like fuck. So
2: all, you know what should you know what would be a great addition to this is like It's not that they're all in their prime, but it's Hmm. they're all playing the year that they got their first
0: UR. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I thought about that as an
2: alternative (laughs) rule set.
3: It's pretty good,
2: too.
0: If I had done more research on this and hadn't (laughs) just pulled this out at the last minute because it's okay. Um, Love it. All right. So finishing up here in net. International rules. So I got three goalies, right? Which Mm -mm. I needed. I needed three. Because my goalies are Dominic Kashuk, Ed Belfour, and Nikolai <laughs> Habiboulin.
2: <laughs> oh my god. This is, this is the greatest team.
0: So, to close it out, um, <sighs> I'm just going to open up the floor to the three of you. Would this be the greatest hockey team of all time?
2: <laughs> Every other team would have to bring a pretty good argument. Because the goaltending alone, it, it, it's, uh, the, the, goal, the goaltending of the defense are, are too good. Are, are are just absolutely too good I mean that's I don't know much about Rob Ramage and the other guy in the third third pairing but like if that's your third pairing I assume
4: yeah I'm sure there's like some international team Canada teams that would you know do okay relatively speaking forward versus forward but then when you go to the defense and the goaltending
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe like the best Red Army teams maybe
2: yeah totally yeah
3: But I definitely get, like, Flyers Red Army vibes from
2: this. But but I I also – but, Elliot, also, like, if Jackson had access to, like, Soviet uh, (laughs) 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 – The
3: The Summit Series, but it's the all-DUI team and the all-Soviet DUI team.
2: It would be the same thing. (laughs) It would just be that red army team. Yeah. <laughs> <Back to that. laughs>
0: so going through this uh this process, like
2: Sergey Fedorov plays defense on that team. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, like the first thing that surprised me was like doing more and more digging and just being like, Oh, Holy shit. Like they're like, cause, cause initially I'm like, okay, like Peter Worrell on the third line, this is a bit tough, but as I did more digging, I could push all the goons like completely out of the lineup and uh, replace them with like actual decent forwards. But um, the thing that, uh, that kept um, that like kept me up at night was like, What if someone did, like, a study on the correlation between drinking and driving and being able to play hockey?
2: (laughs) No, that's the thing that gets him in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) All
4: right, guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's still here? Oh, Oh, hey, he's 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 back. I'm back.
0: um, You got to figure, after reading, like, this, how meat and potatoes this defense is, there's probably a cut Coach's Corner segment where Don Cherry is just like screaming about the merits of drinking and driving.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Look, if you want to get somewhere fast,
3: (laughs) you could read the drill drinking and driving tweet in Don Cherry voice and it would probably work.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, drinking and driving, it, uh, kills a lot of people, but, uh, also a lot of people get to work on time. So, uh, it's possible to say whether it's bad or not. Jackson,
4: have you figured out who's going to be uh, coaching the team?
0: Oh, I mean, oh. It-
2: <laughs> <laughs> name any coach you want. Oh
3: God.
0: Uh, the correct answer is, uh, or I All mean, the most them? obvious answer is Craig McTavish, but, uh, Uh, No, I I was going to say, too, uh, I even more than Don, I can just picture Ron doing the cut to commercial and being like, well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, If you want to set up shots behind the net, you have to take them behind the wheel. Over to you, Scott. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) cannot co-sign any of this. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I look forward to uh, all of us getting canceled on Twitter (laughs) the day that this episode goes up.
3: I look forward to the Down Goes Brown article stealing this idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Failsad McDonald.
2: Hey, I just showed up. Uh, my name is B.A. You can follow me at the
3: I'm Elliot Hoyt. You can follow me at Moose
0: Kayak. Uh, big thanks to Garrett for joining us for our horse shit. Garrett, I will allow you to sp- uh, take this time to either a... My- um, uh, either a... <laughs> plug things or be use your last shot of the show to like explicitly state that you don't co-sign anything that we just said. I
4: was going to say all the things that have been said on this podcast do not uh, represent my opinion or thoughts on any substance, including my own. Um, No, but uh, going back. Yeah. If you're interested in stats, feel free to follow me, ask me questions. I'm always open to talking to people um dms are open uh check out hockey graphs um i mean you can follow hockey data uh they don't do a lot of public stuff though so um sorry uh, but yeah
2: hey, hey 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 garrett if somebody uh gun to your head um you have to like build a team or like scout a team but you're only allowed to use one stat and like yeah somebody's got a gun to your head which one would you use
4: so you go to a carpenter and you like put a gun to his head and you're like, you have to build a house. You can choose only one tool. Which well,
2: tool do you choose? Well, guns to your head, man. You really, you're really going to say this to the guy with the gun so to your
4: how, head? how do I turn a saw into a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: all right, all right. Uh,
4: but no, I, I mean, like, the, it kind of depends on like what league I'm dealing with, uh, because he, as we kind of mentioned before, some stats are better for you know developing a player that you know, if you're stuck with the players that you got or if you're into a league where you're making trades and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I would start off because like I believe in a top down look. So start from the top um, and these things don't tell you enough of everything, but um, they're the, the starting point. Uh, that would be like some sort of war type statistic um, okay. just because of the fact that that's where you would start things and then after that I would use because I can't use another stat. I'd use scouting and um, qualitative stuff um, to go further wait a second does this count um, if I'm taking qualitative data and turning into quantitative data so like I take all the scouting notes and
0: uh, no, I'm gonna say no
4: okay perfect then I use a sentiment
0: analysis on
4: it that I'm using then I'm using a I'm using a war stat and then I'm uh, using my scouts for everything else
0: that's a good answer because war yeah. literally is an attempt to be one stat so yeah. that's well, that's the that's a good answer All right. Well, big thanks to Garrett. Uh, Thanks to you guys for listening and um, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Roxy Fever and subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. We just put up a great episode about Kevin Biexa that I really enjoyed recording. And I will add once again, just in case you missed it. If uh, you enjoyed Garrett's appearance on the show, you can follow him at Gareth OHL.